BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of. One that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com the large nerdron collider podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. hey everybody welcome to the large nerdron collider podcast the podcast that's all about the geeky things that are happening in the world around us and how very excited we are about them I'm Ariel Caston, and with me, as always, is Jonathan. Write some really weird titles for our articles, Strickland. Boy, howdy. It sounds like you done gone country, Ariel, and I knows you're a Yankee. <laughs> That's true, but you see, I went LARPing this weekend for the first time since the pandemic. Everybody vaxxed and boosted and outdoors and safe. And uh, then when I told all my friends afterwards that I was working on my podcast today, they dared me to start off with my accent. So that's what I'm doing. <laughs> you didn't tell me you were going to do it either. So, no. <laughs> um, yeah. Now, we we should also mention Ariel deserves an award if there is a point where you can nominate Ariel for an award for podcasting while injured. You should do that for Ariel because she did not escape the LARPing unscathed. No, I got a pretty moderate to severe sprain on my ankle. Um, and let me tell y'all, it looks real grotesque. <laughs> <laughs> she showed me a picture and I was like, that, let me tell you, your ankle ain't supposed to be that color. <laughs> listen, as I told everybody after it happened, first thing Friday night when the event started, I kicked the bad guy so hard in the butt, I hurt my foot. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and you still had a good time despite your injury, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 good, I did, definitely. Good. Well, it's funny because that kind of leads us into a question I have for you. 
Okay, so Ariel, here's your question. What is one of your favorite RPGs that isn't D&D? Um, you know, that cha- that actually changed recently. So, like, my LARPs, I love them. Um, I don't know if they count, though, because they're live-action RPGs. I think so. Oh. I think you can count okay. those. Uh, well, I really am... See, okay, with my... I cannot pick a favorite LARP. I love them all. I love them all. Um, but I'm really enjoying my latest two characters, which were in Dust to Dust, where I played a, a barbarian, and uh, in this game where I'm basically playing Dean Winchester as a sexy cowboy girl in a horror Western alternative history LARP. Um, the alternative history is important. You had me um, in sexy Dean Winchester. I mean, Dean Winchester is all Winchester. sexy already. <laughs> he is. He is. He is. But like, I wear like a corset and the jeans, and I got like every kind of gun imaginable. My uh, character's Winch- name is Winchester in a corset. Oh my god. Oh, I'm sorry. Go <laughs> my ahead. character's just... name is uh, Winifred Chesterfield or Winchester. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah. it. I love um, it. But if you're talking tabletop, it used to be Seven Seas, but that's because that's like the first game I learned. And so it was the easiest system for me to learn. It's kind of like when you learn French or Spanish, whichever one you start with is the one that's kind of easier for you to pick up. Mm-hmm. Um, but recently I've changed to Monster of the Week. I really enjoy that game. And it's uh, it, you always fail upwards. And that's why I like it. It's an cool. easy system. And even if you fail, you're always progressing. What about you? Uh, so I'm a big fan of an RPG called Paranoia. Are you familiar with it? I am. I've never played. So so Paranoia is an old school RPG, tabletop pen, pencil and paper RPG. And it's uh, set in a dystopian future, but it has a dark sense of humor to it. So while you are in a future where everyone is paranoid, everyone is attempting to uh, either increase their status and climb the social ladder or to completely undermine all of society. Uh, Meanwhile, they're suspecting everyone else of trying to do the same. And any of that is considered to be uh, punishable by death because there is a crazy paranoid computer system that's in charge of everything. And everyone has, I think like six lives, if I'm not mistaken, like you have clones and I think you have up to five clones. So you have six lives And after that, you're dead. And chances are, in any given adventure, you're going to lose at least a couple of your clones uh, in wacky ways. And it's just really the game system is there to uh, play up on those dystopian tropes in a way that is absurd. Like it really is a comedy and Mm -hmm. also to uh, create as much chaos as possible. The game is phenomenal if you have a game master capable of running with it. It is a very challenging game to run well because it, it so, is all about creating chaos. So is it, are, are they all one shots or is it like a campaign arc? I mean, you could try and do a campaign, but chances are most of the characters would be dead by, by, you know, like all of their lives would be gone by the time you're getting to like the third gotcha. adventure. <laughs> um, because it, it really does encourage you to turn on each other and to betray one another. Um, everyone has ulterior motives. Like there, there are specific things that will immediately get you executed. And by design, your character has to have at least one of them. So mm. 
it's, it's a game designed for that kind of, of ridiculousness. Now, if you take things seriously, it is not the game for you. It is, mm-hmm. you're not going to, you're either going to make everybody miserable the way you run it, or you're going to be miserable playing the game. But yeah, um, definitely check it out. If you get a chance, I, I am assuming it's, yeah. I don't know if it's still available, but I'm sure there are, there are copies floating around on eBay and stuff. And, um, it- it makes me want to make you play BSG, the board game. I You keep saying that, and it's one of those where I'm like, maybe I'd like the board game, but gosh, I never could get into the fake Battlestar Galactica. Mm, right, I right. love the I love the real one, you know, the one that yeah. was made in the late 70s. Yeah. But. Well, you know, it's it's. I would make sure you'd pick the right character so you didn't spend the entire first turn not playing. Um, but, I, you know, you said something important with Paranoia is you, you have to have a good DM. You have to have good players. If you have that, mm-hmm. if you've got a good group of people you're playing with, most games are a lot of fun. That's that's really where I yeah, find the value. Yeah. Uh, we could we could have a whole conversation about that. In fact, I think we should do an episode at some point where we just have a deep conversation about the elements that make a game fun versus the kinds of things that can completely ruin a gaming experience. But uh, but today is not the day to do that, Ariel, because we've got way too much news to get through. Yes, we do. So much news, in fact, that we cannot get through it. Uh, but let's try. Uh, first of all, <laughs> we found out that, and this is why I said Jonathan wrote some some confusing introductory lines for our articles, because he wrote, Mamma Mia, the Super Brothers movie has been delayed to 2023. Which, of course, yes, Mario says, Mamma Mia! But also, there's a musical, Mamma Mia!, and I read that Mamma Mia and Super Mario Brothers are going to be combined in 2023. Um, maybe I'm sleep deprived still from my LARP. <laughs> I, I did write a couple of different titles that have bits where as I was reading them back, I was like, you know, I didn't make this clear <laughs> that these aren't the same thing. We're going to have another one come up pretty yes. soon. Oh, but yeah, uh, so, <laughs> so Miyamoto has apologized because the movie was supposed to come out this December and instead, it will be coming out in April 2023. This is, of course, the animated movie with Chris Pratt as uh, Mario. You know, that broke the Internet when that was first announced. Mm-hmm. I think people are still very upset about it. Um, but, hey, you don't have to worry about being subjected to it until April of next year. Listen, it it does have some voice acting I'm very excited about. Charlie Day is Luigi. Jack Black is Bowser. Like... I'm I'm a, I'm for that. Um, yeah, I think a lot yeah. of people are are all all about all the supporting characters and the antagonist, and they're just upset about Mario. Well, listen, I'm I'm, and I understand, and I won't get into it. I I'm waiting to hold. I'm withholding judgment until it comes out, or at least a trailer comes out, because I thought I was going to be super into Andy Samberg and um, John Mulaney as Chip and Dale but they don't change their voices at all. And now that I've listened to it, it's upsetting. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, I can get that. Uh, something else that's also maybe a little upsetting. I'm certainly upset about it. Is that we're also getting a delay for Spider-Man across the spider verse, the next in the spider verse series, the animated series, uh, with miles Morales as the protagonist. Uh, the first movie was maybe the best Spider-Man movie that's ever been made. It it's hard to argue. I'd have yeah. to agree. It was it was so good. It was so good. And the sequel is actually a two-parter. The thing for me is like, 
I, I would like them to delay it if it means we're going to get a better product. And I trust them that, that maybe that's it. They want to make sure to give us something that's done well. Yeah. But or it's it a could big be that delay. they, ha- yeah, maybe it's, yeah, because it's delayed till June 2023. I don't think I mentioned that. But it might also be that it's, it's literally Sony trying to slot it in where there might be a lull in Sony's mm-hmm. release schedule and that they need a big tent pole picture to go there. It may also be that it's literally one of those things where Sony said, you know, considering the incredible acclaim the first film got and how much love it got once people started seeing it, I think that was one of those movies that really ended up uh, flourishing once it started streaming, because I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. I don't know how well it did at the box office, but goodness knows, once it was available for streaming, everyone was talking about it. You know, I don't know how it did. I don't recall how it did in the box office. I do recall that it, I felt it was very under marketed. Yeah. Which is a rare thing to say. Um, instead, in October, we'll be getting Lyle Lyle Crocodile, which is a live action CGI musical comedy based on a children's book. It's a children's book I like. They've actually been filming it for a while in Atlanta. Um, I've seen a lot of calls for background come through on it. Um, but yeah, it's just, I mean, I'm sure it'll be adorable. But it's not going to be Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. <laughs> Unless it's the craziest marketing we've ever seen. I mean, um, that would be interesting. <laughs> we do have a couple more Sony stories to get through. One is that uh, they are continuing their expansion of their part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Remember, Sony has ownership of essentially all the the characters connected to Spider-Man, including ones that haven't been connected to Spider-Man very much at all which uh, includes El Muerto, a pro wrestler masked uh, anti-hero character. Uh, And he is going to get his own movie portrayed by the rap artist Bad Bunny, who I know as a celebrity who sometimes wrestles in the WWE. Yeah, so that's the thing. Like, Spider-Man did get in the ring with El Muerto in the comic books. Um, I'm not very familiar with the character. It's just I've read that on Nerdist. Um, <laughs> but I, that's that's crazy to me. I was like, Bad Bunny, he's just a rapper. But yeah, he's really good at WWE. Like, that's, it blows my mind. Yeah, it's funny because the article talked about how he might be the best celebrity and whoever competed at WWE. I think that might actually be up for debate because uh, as much as I don't like him as a person, Logan Paul apparently did an amazing job at WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, there's some competition there. But yeah, uh, I think it's interesting. Like, in some ways, I think this gives Sony more opportunities to play around with characters because if it's characters that most people don't know about, then you've got a lot more leeway to take liberties Mm -hmm. and not upset people. Of course, you could say that about Morbius and everybody pretty much poo-pooed all over Morbius. Yeah, but this has, this has an actor in it that I care about a little bit more. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Not, not, not unfair. Um, And also I like Mexican wrestling. So. (laughs) Well, so do I. Yeah. Luchador for life, baby. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, let's. Why don't you tell everybody what the title is for the next one? Because I bet this one confused you too. It really did. Sony announces third Venom film sequel to Ghostbusters Afterlife, and I, yeah, just like it sounds. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Like, what? Like, I, I meant no. that they they announced both <laughs> a third Venom film and a sequel to Ghostbusters Afterlife. Not that 
the third Venom film was the sequel to Ghostbusters you Afterlife. Right for a living, my friend. There's a comma there. <laughs> Anyhow, it's exactly yes. how headlines read. We're getting a, a third Venom film, which uh, I think Jonathan and I have Jonathan and I have talked about this on the show. We didn't think the second one got as good of reviews as the first one, but AV Club thinks it got great reviews and that it was a good movie. Yeah, no, it's funny because the person who wrote the AV Club article said like, oh, the second movie was even better. And then if you read the comments, there are a lot of people saying, did you see the second movie? (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, the Venom film does not surprise me because they alluded to it already in other Sony films. Um, (laughs) And Ghostbusters Afterlife, like, I'm really torn. I enjoyed Ghostbusters Afterlife. I thought it was a a charming tribute to the original series. Um, And I could see the characters going off and doing new things, but it it won't be the same. And it shouldn't be the same. Yeah. Uh, I have still not seen Ghostbusters Afterlife. I do need to watch that. But it's it's also one where a lot of the reviewers I follow criticized it for being a little too precious about the original Ghostbusters and that... Mm -hmm. It was a bit too much referential and fan servicey of that. Like it, it didn't, it didn't strike out on its own enough. But I haven't seen it, so I don't know if I yeah. agree with that or not. Um, I mean, if that this means that whatever film we get that is a sequel to Ghostbusters Afterlife is more of its own thing and car- carries on the spirit of Ghostbusters, perhaps without making Ghostbusters seem like it was all about warm and sappy and loving and everything and get more to like the kind of snarky humor stuff. I'm okay yeah. with that too, but we'll have to wait and see. They just um, need to get Ryan Reynolds to write it. It'll be fine. No, you know what? I, I don't disagree. Ryan Reynolds could probably write a really, really amazing Ghostbusters film. Um, while we think on that, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we've got a whole mess of more news to talk about. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com all right we're back and our first our first thing we have to talk about in this second segment is something that makes jonathan and i i'm well i haven't actually talked to jonathan about it but i'm assuming knowing his love for the property very 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 sad yeah you started to sound like lucy in the charlie brown musical there (laughs) well that's appropriate She's writing her book report on Peter Rabbit and she uses very a billion times to fill out the hundred words. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't the, on purpose, but it's appropriate. <laughs> the The announcement, it's part of a big shakeup that Netflix had with its animation department. Uh, Netflix right now is going through a real crisis, but this is only partly connected to that. Uh, but mm-hmm. one of the casualties of this shakeup in the animation department is that the long-awaited adaptation of the graphic novel series bone uh, has been canceled we were going to get an animated bone movie and now we're not and for those who haven't read bone it is a charming fantasy Mm -hmm. series and i was really looking forward to seeing an adaptation of it me too especially because jeff smith the writer was like thrilled by the by the team he got together it was like his dream team he had all the pandemic to build up this perfect team and then chaos uh the reason why it's appropriate to uh charlie brown and lucy is because he kind of announced that it was not happening and his frustration at the multiple attempts to launch a bone cartoon or show or whatnot or movie uh, by doing a spoof on a Charlie Brown cartoon where Lucy pulls the football away from Charlie Brown repeatedly, and it ends with never again. And I hope that it's just frustration talking and not that he will never again attempt, like, agree to possibly do a, a bone cartoon, because I really do want to see it yeah. off the page and on the screen. It, it is. More I mean, I can't. Any other comic. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine how disheartening the situation is and how how it takes the wind out of your sails like especially when something had that much 
steam behind it. When you've got to the point where a streaming platform announces that that's in development, then you're probably working under the assumption that, yeah, this is going to go to completion. And for that to that rug to get pulled out from under you, super, super hard news. So yeah, yeah, we're, we're bummed to hear about it. But what I will say is you can still go out there and buy like the full collection of bone and you should, because it's fantastic. Yes. He's got a new series that I want to, I want to look at and watch as well. So, or look, Mm. read, not watch, read. So our next story actually reminds me of a different movie, but uh, why don't you introduce this one? Because I always screw up pronouncing his name. Well, I'm not <laughs> going to do any better, Jonathan. Uh, Joe Man- Manglianello. Man- Manganiello. I look it up. Here's the thing. I look it up and then it falls out of my brain. I am so sorry, Joe. I've met the man. I got stickered by him when he was on True Blood, and yet I still can't pronounce his last name. Um, he wouldn't remember me. It was it was a very brief interaction. But uh, he has been brought on to a movie, a dark comedy that's being made called The Kill Room, Samuel L. Jackson and Uma Thurman. Um, and that just sounds like a, a great team to do a dark hitman style comedy movie yeah apparently part of the story involves like he's playing a hitman and uma thurman is playing a a like art uh exhibit owner like she she exhibits art uh and sam jackson is like a i think an underground like criminal type and then uh, uma thurman is involved in the criminal types and then through some uh shenanigans Joe's character as a hitman during a hit, uh, it, it, something ends up happening where his his actions are misinterpreted as art, and he becomes the darling of the art world. And the reason why I said this is making me think of another movie is it reminds me a lot of from a very high level of the premise of Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Have you ever seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? No, I haven't. The only like the only heist. Uh art movie I can think of is Hudson Hawk. Um, Well, no, this isn't a heist art movie, but it's similar in that it's someone who's mistaken for being something else. Robert Downey Jr. in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang plays a thief. And in the very beginning of the movie, um, he gets shot while he's trying to pull off a job. And while he's trying to get away from uh, uh, being caught, he ducks into a room and it turns out it's a a casting session Ah. for a character. And because he's been shot, he's in a huge amount of pain and he's distracted and he's scared. And he's, he, he's, he's kind of out of, out of his element. And he ends up reading for this role and his energy so impresses (laughs) the casting directors that they want to put him in the movie. And, um, and so that's what makes me think about it. It's like, it's a character who is involved in a uh, uh, a criminal enterprise who is then misinterpreted as being an artist. Uh, by the way, also like also Barry. phenomenal movie. Yes. Yeah. Kind of like I, Barry. Definitely check it out. Yeah. Uh, which I also which, need to way, catch up on Barry. Back for a th- Barry. Barry has started its third season and its first episode is a banger. Well, I, I'm I am way behind on Barry, so don't spoil it. Sp- uh, spoil it for me. For anybody who listens who doesn't know about Barry, it's Bill Hader. It's an HBO show. Bill Hader is uh, a hitman, and uh, he gets assigned to 
knock off an actor and then gets sucked into an acting class and wants to leave the hitman world and become an actor. It's it's hilarious and it's dark. And on the acting side of it, some of it hits really true. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hilarious. So. It's dark and it's and it's also tragic. Um, but I will yes. say no more. Yes. Okay. Uh, think to lighten the mood. Let's talk about Disney's new docu-series, Sketchbook. Yeah, this one I told Ariel when I watched the the trailer for it, it actually got me emotional. Uh, it's a it's a docu-series where Disney artists talk about how to draw iconic Disney characters. Uh, and they also talk about their own kind of journey into becoming artists and animators. And they talk about the power of animation. And as someone who has been a lifelong fan of animation, particularly hand-drawn animation, Mm -hmm. it really spoke to me. Um, And it was uh, really powerful. And I I really liked the the trailer. I look forward to actually watching the series. Yeah, Even though I I can't draw worth a lick. I can draw. I, I probably could draw a lot better if I had focused more on it but my mom was very kind and taught me how to draw my mom's a children's illustrator and painter and is I, I love her work um but uh it's especially meaningful to me for such a dumb reason my first trip to disney we took a tour through the studio this is back when they still had 2d animation and i saw people mm-hmm. working on aladdin and i think my dad knew one of them so uh i don't know it just I don't remember much of it, but just the fact that I had that experience is still so magical to me to this day that I'm I'm glad to almost get to revisit it. Yeah, back in the day, back when it was called MGM Studios, not Disney's Hollywood Studios, they had an animator uh, pavilion where you could go through and tour. They had a, a video that was hosted by Robin Williams and Walter Cronkite and uh, was hilarious. This is pre-Genie. Robin Williams, but still very, very funny. And uh, yeah, I went through that tour a few times and I saw them working on several animated films before they shut down the Florida uh, division of the animation studios. And before they, they kind of moved away from 2d animation, hand-drawn animation. Um, So I saw them working on stuff like uh, uh, the lion King and things like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. I I'm looking forward to seeing this. Um, just from the, the perspective of seeing artists at work and talking about art. And this docuseries comes out April 27th, which is, uh, the day before you're listening to this. So you can just jump right in and watch it if you have interest. Take it away, Jonathan. Okay. So something I got interest in is that there's going to be a new monkey Island game. We heard about this a, a few weeks ago. Um, that uh, we're going to get a new Monkey Island game that ignores all the Monkey Island games after Monkey Island 2. Um, and uh, it's so it's, it'll kind of be Monkey Island 3 for realsies um, because the original creator of Monkey Island is back working on it. He was not part of the post Monkey Island 2 games. If you're not familiar with the Monkey Island games, it is a series of click adventures uh, where you play as Guybrush Threepwood, uh, <laughs> would-be pirate, and he has lots of amazing talents, like he can hold his breath for 10 minutes. And um, it's a point-and-click adventure, so you're doing lots of stuff like picking things up and trying to use them and trying to combine Solving them puzzles. so that you can try and solve puzzles. And 
Um, and it's, it's known for its humor. It's a, it's a game that has a lot of really silly jokes in it. Usually a lot of references to LucasArts stuff because it was a LucasArts game, um, mm-hmm. or game series. Well, anyway, the news we have is that this one is going to have a built in hint system. And the reason for that is so th- point and click adventure games tend to be really hard. It, I like can't, not, I can't beat it. I can't beat it. I have never beat monkey Island. Uh, I have, but boy, it is not easy. Um, and often you did need hints because some of the puzzle solutions are very unintuitive. Like <laughs> you have to, you know, sometimes it just is one of those things where like, Oh, you didn't pick up that one item that's 20 screens back. And that's why you can't get through this puzzle. Mm-hmm. So, uh, they didn't want people to just go and look up, you know, walkthroughs or watch some other one person play the game. They want people to play the game. So they're going to have a built-in hint system and it'll likely be written in such a way that a lot of the comedy and, and charm comes through with the hints as well. So it'll be a good fit for the game. I'm, I'm excited to play it. Maybe, maybe I'll actually complete a, but I mean, they've got like the in the first one. Is it the first one where they sing the pirate song? He has to help with the pirate song and finish it. Um, I'm that might be the third one. It's hard for me um, to remember. There are a couple. So there are a couple of things that come back over and over. Singing pirates are one of them. Another is that when you're fencing, uh, part of fencing is it's all about insults. So you are insulting your opponent, and if your opponent has no comeback, then you make progress against your opponent. But if your opponent has a comeback, they make progress against you. So you have to learn all the proper comebacks for all the different insults. Uh, and that's how you build up your ability to be a great fighter, which is just gotcha. kind of a fun mechanic. Yeah. I'm certain this will be in my house, so I'm certain I will try to play it. Like important. Well, uh, like we said, we had a lot more news, including our reaction to the trailer for Bodies, 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 <laughs> where I don't think Ariel and I, we both are of the same opinion, which is like, we aren't sure if this is going to be something we really dig or something that just irritates the pants off us. Yeah, yeah. It's, um. well, let's see, we've got like two minutes. Let's get into it real quick. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a college slasher movie that plays on the comedy. It feels kind of like they're trying to be Scream-like. And it's got Pete Davidson, so I don't know if they're going to succeed or if it's just going to be too spoon-feedy of the ridiculousness of it. Well, they're they're also, they're clearly playing up things like, you know, how people say they can be triggered or you're toxic uh, mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, the, the kind of things that typically fall into conversations when you're trying to express how something ain't going the right way. Uh, but they're obviously doing it as kind of a joke about how people might overuse those terms or misuse those terms. Mm -hmm. And I feel a little uneasy about that because I often feel that it can, it can become kind of like joking about political correctness, right? This idea that, Oh, you know, obviously you can take this to an extreme and that extreme is not good, but Mm -hmm. If you if you just dismiss it out of hand, what you're really saying is I should be allowed to say whatever I want about whomever I want to whomever I want and not have any consequences. And I don't think that's true either. So I, um, I agree with you. Yeah, I, I think I kind of have to see the movie to find out whether or not it handles it well or if I watch it and just go, well, this is this feels as obnoxious as that trailer 
where what was it for Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where Leatherface comes up on the bus and everyone's shooting mm-hmm. Leatherface with their their phones, and uh, one guy says, "If you take another step, you're canceled." And I'm like, "Oh, please." Yeah. Please. Yeah. Like, I get that they're trying to keep things modern, but at the same time, yeah, it there's there's a good way and a bad way to do it. I, I may not watch this movie. I Well, it depends on how scary it is. Um, but also, I might read the reviews first to see what they say about it before I, I put a couple yeah. of hours into it. I, I do like that some of the reactions are things like, this is the most Gen Z horror trailer I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is so yeah. true. And maybe maybe that's just a part of what's rubbing us the wrong way, Jonathan, because I, I am not Gen Z. I am a Zennial. So. Yeah, and I'm a zillennial. I'm firmly zennial. in Gen X, so I'm super, so. super grouchy and ironic. Yes. So while I <laughs> uh, ironically go to break, when we come back, we've got some fun mashups um, and mine's a very long one. So I'll be going first this time, but first let's take this break. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&Ms, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. 
The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. Okay, uh, Ariel, we need to talk about what properties we're mashing up today. Yep, Supernatural and Spider-Man. There, we <laughs> talked about it. <laughs> okay, so let me, let me explain Supernatural for anyone who is not familiar. Uh, Supernatural was a very long-running television series. Some might say it ran a little too long. Uh, <laughs> that, um, that was both an incredible story of two brothers who were in, endlessly entertaining. Like their dynamic, the actor's dynamic on screen was the stuff of legend. Like it's the kind of yeah. magic that you hope for when you're casting a series. Uh, and it was also a clever way to promote the ever love and heck out of Kansas's carry on my wayward son, yeah. which is played yeah. at the end of every season. <laughs> Um, there are a lot of jokes about the supernatural series. Like the, the main characters, Dean and Sam Winchester are brothers who are monster hunters. Um, and like, there's a long running joke that at the end of every season, at least one of the two dies. And at the beginning of the next season, both come back, but they're different now. Like that's mm-hmm. like every, every season. <laughs> and, um, there are a lot of I monster think, of the week episodes, but there's also like over it, overarching storylines that guide season by season. Yeah. It's interesting because this is a show that had a very definite end and then went 10 seasons past it because the, the network said, no, you're not stopping. Um, but the, the writer originally attended it to be, I think like a three or five year arc. And that was it. Um, and then they went on to, I think, to 15 seasons. And the best episode, like some of the serious episodes are good, but the best episodes are always when they go meta or pick on themselves. Like when they have a musical episode or they all get sucked into a black and white movie with classic horror monsters or. Or they uh, go into a science fiction convention that is celebrating a series of novels that are based off their actual adventures. Yeah, or they get sucked into the real world where they're on a film set and they're uh, Jensen Ackles and Jared Padalecki. Uh, which is funny because one of the demons in the earlier seasons uh, is actually married to one of the two actors and she plays his wife in the real world. Um, but they think she's a demon because they're not from the real world. They're from the it's it's just ridiculous and fun. Whenever they get tongue in cheek with it, it's a blast. Um, and then, you know, Spider-Man. We've talked about Spider-Man. We talked about it earlier this episode. We've talked. We've mashed it up before. So, uh, yeah, Spider-Man. Yes, so I'm going to do mine first because mine is a, is an epic. Uh, sorry, Tari. Mine is titled The Spectacular Spider Dean, and it goes mm. something like this. Dean Winchester has a problem. See, when he and his brother Sam were out hunting an evil witch, uh, a male witch, not that it matters, but I just want to point out that in Supernatural, witches could be female or male or presumably non-binary. Anyway, While seeking him out, the brothers have to explore an old barn, and inside the barn, a spider, ensorcelled by enchantment, descends from the rafters and lands on the back of Dean's hand, and before he can swat it off, it bites him. 
Now the bite shocks Dean and he squishes the spider while also letting out a high-pitched yelp, which Sam quickly teases him for. And the two continue their hunt, eventually tracking down the witch and then almost losing a fight, but then they win the fight, kind of like how 95% of Supernatural episodes end. And as they are driving off, Dean starts to feel a little woozy, and Sam knows it's serious when Dean pulls the Impala over onto the shoulder of the road. And Sam looks at Dean's hand and sees that the bite is raised up a bit, and the bite marks look pretty bad, and Sam says, we need to get you to a hospital. Dean says, I'll be fine. And then Sam says, well, we don't know what kind of spider that was. The tissue could go necrotic. You could have an infection. You're not going to do anyone any good if you're laid up with blood poisoning, Dean. And Dean opens his mouth to make a smart aleck remark, but then his eyes roll back and he passes out, and the screen fades to black. When we fade in, we're in an old-fashioned room appointed in country comfort, not the sort of place you'd expect to find Dean Winchester. There are doilies. Dean wakes up in a big feather bed and looks around confused, and he can hear talk somewhere other in the building, and he, so he gets up, and he gets dressed, and he heads out of the room, and he walks out to find that he's in an old farmhouse, and the talk he heard is his brother chatting with a woman who looks to be in her 50s, and she turns and sees Dean and grins and says, You're alive! And Dean gives kind of a half-smile, says, Better than ever. Um, where are we? And the woman says, my house, I'm Beth, Beth Wilson. Dr. Wilson, says Sam. Uh, I was worried I wouldn't get you to a hospital in time, and I saw the sign for her practice outside. So you work out of your home, asks Dean. Beth just kind of grins and shrugs and says, town's not really centralized or big enough to bother with a formal office. Your brother brought you in. I gave you some antibiotics to fight off infection, some anti-venom to help you out. You aren't the first spider bite victim I've had to treat. So, well, I, I really appreciate it, Doctor, says Dean. Uh, thanks for letting me stay overnight. And Beth chuckles. So Dean looks over at Sam and uh, Sam says, uh, you've actually been here for four days, Dean. And Dean blinks in disbelief. Four days. Well, I'm not surprised you don't remember it, says Dr. Wilson. You were feverish for pretty much all of it. You kept going on about how and your brother are big, bad monster hunters. Dean is in even more shock. And Sam kind of looks at him and then just shrugs. And Dean says, uh, fevers do weird things to me, I guess. And Dr. Wilson looks at Dean. I hope not. I could use a couple of professional monster killers. So we cut to a new scene and the three are sitting around a dining table. And Dean is eating a truly enormous amount of food, presumably his first meal in four days. And Sam and Dr. Wilson are just drinking tea. Now, I want you both to know... I'm a woman of science. I don't go in for this monster stuff lightly, says Dr. Wilson. And Sam says, we understand. It's quite a leap. And Beth nods. Well, there have been stories about the old sawmill across town being haunted for years, but no one ever took it seriously. Sometimes kids would go there on a dare, but it was really just a creepy old abandoned place. But lately, there's been some more serious problems couple of older teens went up there a few weeks back. Only one made it out. Scared out of her wits, she was. Cut up pretty badly, too. Whatever happened to her? It broke that young woman. And Sam frowns, while Dean continues to shovel food in his face. Well, I, I did what I could for her, but they sent her upstate to a facility. I do hope she recovers, but I don't know. The look in her eyes. 
Dr. Wilson looks down in her tea, frowning. Anyway, I went up there to check it out myself. So Sam shifts and says, you, you went to the sawmill all by yourself? And Beth smirks, didn't know any better, I guess. I figured it was maybe an animal. We sometimes get the occasional bear up here, or more rarely a wildcat. I was hoping I might find the other kids, you know? Maybe they had run a different way and they were holed up in a tree or something. But what I found, I couldn't explain. Sam looks to Dean, but Dean's still devouring the food in front of him. So Sam clears his throat and Dean looks up, mouthful. What did you see? Asks Dean, except it sounds more like, Well, I saw a woman, but she wasn't totally human. Her features were distended. Her fingers were too long. The figure was all hunched over, but she moved. I can't even describe how she moved. It was it was like it was fast and then slow, jerking around in a way that didn't even make sense to me. And I ran. I'm ashamed to say it. Dr. Wilson sounds as though she's holding back tears. Hey, says Sam, it's okay. You saw something that didn't meet any of your expectations. It's, it's an understandable reaction. Dr. Wilson nods. Well... If you're done scarfing down all the food in the county, young man, you might want to go and wash up. And Dean looks a bit sheepish, and he stands, and he gathers up his plate and the tableware and a glass, and he heads to the kitchen, letting out a fierce burp along the way. And Sam winces a bit and says, Sorry for my brother. And Dr. Wilson lets out a chuckle. And then we hear the sound of Dean cursing in the kitchen. So the two stand up quickly, they run into the kitchen, and there they see Dean, hands open, with a plate stuck on one and a dish towel stuck on the other. What's going on, says Sam. And Dean, somewhat panicked, says, I can't put them down. And he waves his hands around and the towel flaps around, stuck to his open palm. The ceramic plate similarly doesn't budge from his other hand. And Sam grabs the towel and starts to pull and Dean pulls back, but the towel still sticks. What in the world, says Dr. Wilson. And suddenly Dean's grip on both plate and towel slip. Plate shatters on the ground, and both Dean and Sam sit down hard on the floor. And Dean looks down and says, I'm so sorry. I have no idea how that happened. And Dr. Wilson just grabs Dean's wrists and holds up his hands and looks at them closely. Stay right there, she says, and she leaves for a moment. And when she comes back, she's holding a magnifying glass, and she really takes a good look at his hands. Oh, my word, she says. What? What? Asks Dean, clearly a little bit freaked out. You've got bristles she says i beg your pardon bristles says dean you know it's like a gecko's foot or a spider's leg you know bristles that help critters stick to walls and ceilings and stuff they're kind of they're protruding and then they're retracting so says sam the towel and plate stuck to him because of bristles and dr wilson gives sam a look that seems to say do you got a better explanation so Sam looks back at Dean. Dean says, I'm freaking Spider-Man. We cut to a sequence where Dean is testing out his abilities. We see him scale the side of Dr. Wilson's house easily. Though at one point, the bristles must have retracted. He slides a good four feet down the wall, screaming like a girl until they make him stick again. And we see that he is, in fact, stronger than he was before. And then we see Sam absolutely nail Dean in the shoulder with a baseball, proving that he does not, in fact, possess spider sense. Dean is rubbing his shoulder, staring at Sam, who looks both amused and a little apologetic. Well, guess this is a new one for you, Doc. And Dr. Wilson nods. 
I suspect this is a new one on everybody. Maybe it'll come in handy, offers Sam, when we go check out the sawmill. And Dean nods. Well, we'll go take a look, Doc. Your friendly neighborhood Winchesters will be back as soon as we can. And so Sam and Dean head across town following the doctor's instructions up to an old dirt road, which brings them to uh, a halt just outside an abandoned sawmill. Part of the roof has caved in and the walls around that that bit look a bit worse for wear. Like part of it is actually crumbling into the building. And Sam looks at Dean and says, all right, Peter Parker, want to lead the way? So Dean shoots Sam an ugly look, takes off his shoes, and then he rubs his hands together briskly while looking at the exterior wall. Then he stops rubbing his hands together and just looks down at them because they get stuck to each other. And he winces a bit and lets out a low growl as he forcibly separates his hands from one another. Right, he says, and he walks up to the wall, zooms right up the side. Huh, says Sam. See anything? So Dean wall crawls over to the gap at the top and peers in and says, someone has definitely been here. There's a lot of dirt and dust, but there are spots where it's clear. So something's been moving around. Sam says, well, I'm going in. You want to come down? Dean says, no, I'll climb into one of the windows up here. Check out the top floor. We'll meet you downstairs. And Sam nods and goes inside. And we stick with Dean, who crawls to a window. And there hasn't been any glass in this window for ages. Dean can see there's a bit of broken glass on the inside, probably kids throwing rocks at it at some point. So he goes in and he switches to walking on foot. And he's very careful not to pull a diehard and step on the glass. And he hears Sam moving around downstairs. And Dean, perhaps hearing something, perhaps sensing it in some other way, quickly turns just as a dark shape dashes at him from a shadowed corner. He leaps at the last second, jumping up a clear 15 feet to the high ceiling overhead as the dark shape passes underneath him. Sam, shouts Dean, it's up here. And he hears Sam immediately rush to find a way up. Meanwhile, Dean looks at his adversary and it's as Dr. Wilson described, a woman, her skin ruddy, her body crooked and distended, her fingers far too long for her hands. And she looks back at him over her shoulder with her head turned impossibly far around. What in the hell are you? Shouts Dean. The thing looks at him and says, wait for real? You, the amazing frog boy, are asking me what the heck I am? What the hell are you? Some sort of hybrid monster? You know, part glue, part Abercrombie and Fitch model? And Dean blinks for a second. Didn't expect that. And he jumps down, landing athletically across the room from the creature. Meanwhile, Sam runs into the room with a gun drawn. He sees Dean, turns and fires, but by then the crooked woman has moved, rushing across the space to swipe at Sam. So Dean leaps quickly, his body slams into hers just before she can claw Sam, and the two of them tumble out the doorway, Sam in pursuit. Dean grasps at the woman, but she dematerializes into black smoke, and that quickly drifts away. And Sam grimaces, and he says, you think of what I'm thinking? Dean nods. A cherry, I reckon. That's a kind of demon in the supernatural universe. And Sam nods too. Uh, I'll get the salt. You get the iron. So the two quickly head to the car. They grab what they need. Sam begins to lay out a perimeter of salt around the sawmill, pouring it from a large bag of salt. And Dean grabs a bunch of iron spikes. And then they go inside. They hear the shrieks of this monster. Sam completes a circuit around the whole sawmill. Says should be good here. Dean hands him a couple of spikes. And they two, the two of them start to stalk this creature. They hear the sounds of thudding and crashing. It's clearly having a, a bit of a, a temper tantrum for being trapped inside the sawmill. 
And then we're at the confrontation. And then we get this big fight with Dean being all flippy floppy all over the place. And at one point he moves to throw an iron spike at the demon, but the spike won't leave his hand. And that amuses the demon and it gives Sam the chance to sneak up behind and deal the final blow. And once again, she dissolves that this time the black smoke seems to be sucked into the ground itself. And Sam and Dean then take a moment to rest. They perform a ritual to protect the sawmill, release any spirits that might be bound to it. And we see a montage as they revisit Dr. Wilson explaining that the monster is gone and they head out of town. As they drive, reflecting on what happened and Dean's transformation, they see a weird orange light glowing ahead of them. Before Dean can slam on the Impala's brakes, a round orange portal opens up and the Impala falls into it just as we hear carry on my wayward son play on the radio before the portal closes and all sound is cut off with only the quiet night remaining the end i like how you put them in the multiverse of madness (laughs) (laughs) no that was really good that was like it's too bad that supernatural is uh is over because you could sell that episode to them So that's what, before we recorded, I actually told Ariel, I said, I think I accidentally wrote an actual episode of Supernatural. (laughs) I meant to make it way wackier and maybe more, have more commentary about uh, the show Supernatural because I have lots of feelings about it, but um, I was having too much fun writing my own fan fiction, ridiculous treatment. It was a good story and it had just the right amount of comedy in it. I loved it. Well, I can't wait to hear yours, except I've got to, because before we can hear yours, we have to take this quick break. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&Ms, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. 
so grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world. From smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports, on stages and at the box office, women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to Women Take the Mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs, and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com okay we're back and my so sometimes when i come up with our mashup ideas i'm like i have no idea how this is gonna work and then it's brilliant and then sometimes when i come up with our mashup ideas i'm like yeah this is perfect this will be easy and then it's really difficult because i've 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 uh psyched myself out this is one of those latter cases. Uh, so it's called Spider Natural, Carry On My Wayward Spidey. <laughs> Spider-Man was on his usual neighborhood patrol when he got a Peter tingle. Something was going down at his favorite deli. He got there moments too late, only to see an old black Impala pull away from the scene. And when he entered the deli, the store was ransacked and there was blood everywhere. He found the deli owner passed out in the back room, and when the deli owner came to... He had no idea what had happened. Peter tried to track the Impala, but it was long gone. But not gone for long. For weeks, Peter would get a new Peter tinkle and follow it, only to arrive just in time to see the black Impala drive off, leaving carnage in its wake. Peter knew whoever these classic car-driving villains were needed to be stopped. And luckily for him, none of his normal nemeses had been seen for weeks, so he had time to devise a plan. So Peter used Karen, the AI that Tony Stark slash Iron Man installed in his suit, to triangulate the next three possible locations the Impala might show up. Then he spun. Is it spun? Does Spider-Man spin? Uh, slung, maybe? Then he slung a super strong but super discreet car-sized web in each location and crawled into a building corner at the most possible location to wait. While waiting, he saw one of his nemeses, the lizard, run past his web, and then there was the Impala in hot pursuit. Spider-Man was confused. So were the drivers of the Impala when they got caught in the giant car-sized web. Dean, step on it! That lizard creature is getting away, shouted a voice from the car. Really, Sam, said another voice from the car. Are you just completely ignoring the spider web we're stuck in right now? It must be an arachne again. <sighs> Grab the axe, Sammy. And the two voices busted out of the car and web and turned out to be two dudes. Spider-Man webbed them and swung down much to the two dudes' protestation. <laughs> but before Spider-Man could get a quip out, Sam looked up and started gushing. Wait, are you? Wait, are, are, are you Spider-Man like the real Spider-Man? Dean, look, it's Spider-Man. Dude, I am like your biggest fan. And at the same time, Spider-Man saw who the two dudes were and said, wait, you are the Winchester brothers? Like the monster hunters like Dean and Sam and their angel buddy Castiel from the show Supernatural? And then at the same time, the two parties said, I thought you were fictional. Then Sam and Dean 
and Spider-Man all explained that no, they were quite quite real. Sam and Dean explained that they had gotten reports through their Monster Hunter network that strange creatures were in the area. Giant, giant lizard men, sand people, constructs made of lightning, and some giant rhino dude. And they came to take care of it. And Spidey said, yeah, they aren't monsters, though. Well, I mean, actually, I guess they do act pretty monstrous. No, you know what? Actually, I guess some of them actually are monsters. But, well, that's besides the point. We don't need to kill them. We need to put them in jail. And after some bickering back and forth, the brothers agreed. They all teamed up to catch the lizard. Once done, they all went out for beer and pizza, exchanged contact numbers. Well, actually, I'm going to go back because, you see, Spider-Man's not actually old enough to drink beer, but he still went out for beer and pizza with the brothers. Uh, they exchanged contact numbers, and every once in a while, uh, they decided to team up to stop bad guys. They all lived much happier, except for the people who had to be around them, because that level of snarky commentary is very hard to handle. The end. <laughs> I love the first interaction as them getting webbed by, um, by Spider-Man. Because that is also yeah. a very supernatural thing to have happen. Yeah, but then, like, I lost the plot because, like, okay, they're just all real and they all know who they all are and everything's good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, in mine, I so in mine, my mashup was that they're aware of the fictional, like, Spider Man is a fiction within the world of supernatural, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, super, yeah the is. supernatural version of our world also has Marvel comics and has Spider Man. 100%. Um, so that was a different kind of mashup than what I typically do, where I directly incorporate fictional worlds together. Though I did throw the little multiverse thing in, at the end. Um, I liked it. But I think there's, I don't think there's any wrong way of doing it. It's really just about making an entertaining story. And I think you succeeded doing that. Thank you. Thank you. I know that you were laughing when I said Spidey t- or Peter Tangle. But I had to Peter Tingle in. did get me a couple times. I, I had yeah. my mic muted because uh, I was drinking some water and it went down the wrong pipe and I didn't oh, want no. to completely have Ariel's story uh, soundscaped by me sputtering. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, and you know what else I'd appreciate? What's if that? Our, if our listeners, if they have ideas of how they would mash up Spider-Man and Supernatural, would write us and tell us. Yeah, you know, why bother writing your fan fiction on one of the many platforms out there? Send it to us instead yes. so that we can enjoy it. <laughs> and we'll read it on we, the we air. We deserve it. Uh, so our, our, our email address, in case you do want to send us messages, we've been getting a couple, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, our email address is lnc at iheartmedia.com. You can also reach out to us on social media, Twitter, we are LNC underscore podcast and Facebook and Instagram. We are large Nerdron collider. Yep. And as always, if you enjoy the show, you know, speak, speak about it to your geek friends, tell them to check it out. Especially people who like to do this kind of thing where they're just sort of spitballing ideas where they're like, what would happen if so-and-so and so-and-so met up? Uh, Because, that's what we're all about. We want those folks listening to us and giving us great ideas that we can then leverage for ourselves <laughs> and personal gain. Yes, yes. Uh, we do, really do appreciate you. We love hearing from you. And thanks for listening. Until next time, I have been Ariel, Angel in a trench coat, Kasten. And I've been Jonathan Rough Riding Strickland. Yeehaw.
The Large Nerdron Collider is a production of iHeartRadio and was created by Ariel Kasten. Jonathan Strickland is the executive producer. The show is produced, edited, and published by Tari Harrison. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Bring spring color inside this season with Bare Premium Plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Add a pop of blue to your kitchen with the Bare exclusive color Arrowhead Lake or a splash of Amazon jungle to your living room. Bring a cool breeze to your bathroom with sea glass or accent your bedroom with sunrise-inspired colors like coral cloud and dark crimson. Let your creativity bloom this spring with Bare Premium Plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. How doers get more done.